Hello and welcome. My name is Assad. My name is Jamie. We're two surgical trainees in the north of England, and this is the podcast that aims to dissect, to probe, to anatomize, and analyze what it is to be a surgical trainee. Welcome to It's Always Sunny in Surgery. Okay, so uh, this episode today, uh, we're carrying on with our uh, specialty series, and today we have two urologists um, to come and talk about their specialty. Uh, we've got Michael and Mahmoud. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Great. Uh, so I'm, I'm Michael Ang. I'm uh, an ST2 urology trainee uh, based in Birmingham in the West Midlands, um, and I'm very, very glad to be here. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. It's good to know that we have fans now. I listen to you guys every commute, you know, going to work, coming back. Oh, oh that is exactly what we're going for. Oh, <laughs> oh you're making me blush now. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the podcast. Mahmoud, um, thank you for coming. Oh, no worries. Uh, good evening. I'm Mahmoud. I'm an uh, ST4 in West Midlands, uh, urology, and I've worked like across the border between the Northwest and West Midlands, Foundation West Midlands, core training in urology, also in the Northwest, and then back to West Midlands with the specialty training urology. So I've been around in the in the area. So uh, take it from there. But thank you very much again, also like for doing that podcast. I think it's the first of its kind, talking about the surgery, surgical career. I mean, it's part of the whole connections between different specialties across different regions, rather than just connecting in formal events or through the Royal College. So it's a it's a huge um, uh, achievement that you guys are doing. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thanks. You know, for this, this is quite sweet, actually. It's almost like, lads on tour like it's always sunny and surgery on tour we're in birmingham ah! and yeah. you know, i think this is our, probably our first episode out like full episode out of region where mm-hmm. it's just me and jamie representing for the northwest and everyone else is from outside and like you're right you know i was thinking about this i severely lack networking skills like i really don't have any uh, mm-hmm. and i'm really rubbish when it comes to conferences so my best skill is like um I'm good at chatting shit. So uh, <laughs> this is perhaps a good way to network, to get to know people across yeah. regions, make some friends. Well, it is sometimes what the conferences are all about. Thanks for coming, guys. Um, so we, we basically, in this specialty series, we, we ask um, members of each specialty kind of similar questions. And so we're going to sort of go through them with you today. So you're, you're representing your specialty. Um Firstly, what is the best thing about urology? I think with urology, I think that there's, there's a lot of variety in the specialty. And I, I don't think I quite understood what a urologist does until I did my foundation um, attachment or foundation rotation in urology in Leicester. I think there's a lot of different things that you can do. So like in a different setting, so you, know, you can make a difference 
know, being in theater, obviously, because it's a surgical specialty. Even in admissions, so someone coming in with retention, you, know, you put a catheter in, they're very thankful. Okay, um, and you know, on the wards, you know, you see acutely unwell patients, you know, and you recognize unwell patients and treat them, and you, I think you get a satisfaction out of it. And I think as a, even as a junior doctor, so even as an FY1, FY2, still remember the first time I put a catheter in, uh, you know, the man was so grateful. Uh, and I thought I did something humongous. You know, the man was peeing, which is very important. Um, but even as a SHO, you know, you do, a, you do a scope, you know, you take out a bladder tumor, you do a biopsy. You know, it's a lot of hands-on skills that you can develop even as a junior trainee. Uh, and always people, people have the best jokes. And I think you all just have the best uh, penis jokes all around and i think the best sense of humor and what, what do you think Mahmoud? <laughs> yeah no no i agree with you like um to be honest like when i was in medical students and never considered urology as a main specialty it was just like something that you add on top with general surgery it's like okay you study general surgery and then you do like a week or two of urology it's just like um, um like the salad next to the main dish if that makes sense uh, but the thing is, when you look at urology, even after I graduated and I wanted to do surgery, I never thought about urology. I thought like, well, was it just a small system? And it's like the kidney producing urine, and then you pay. Well, what's difficult in that? And then you leave it at, at such. But then when I started doing urology, I've never done it in foundation. I've only done it as a core trainee. And then we see the huge variety. We're working on how many organs, Michael? We've got the kidney, the ureter, the bladder, the penis, the urethra, the prostate, the testicles, and um, the female urology, because we also like deal with some other uh, female urology and pelvic floor things. If you look at vascular, for example, they only deal with one organ. It's the blood vessel. Regardless what it is, it remains a blood vessel. That's the variety. You can be an upper tract surgeon, like uh, with the ureters and the... Um, and the kidney, completely different skill set and dif- completely different approach to someone who's doing pelvic surgery, uh, for example, like dealing with the prostate or even andrology. So there are like many specialties within the specialty, and this is what fascinates me about urology. Most of the urologists that I've worked with, they do not have that pressure and the stress that keeps building up like other surgical specialties. So they're always chill. They're always happy to have fun, always happy to crack jokes. And, uh, and and they usually like to work together. You hardly find anyone who is the odd one out. Almost everybody helps everyone, um, even colleagues and consultants together. So that environment is really great in urology. Uh, and I like it. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, as as someone who's done a lot of general surgery on calls that cover urology um, as the SHO, urology is like my guilty pleasure. Um, whenever I get a call about someone and urinary retention or something like that, there's something, it's like a little buzz inside me. I get all excited because I know that it's something I can really make a difference in. Um, mm. as you, as you say, Michael, you know, putting that catheter in, there is a sort of very you know, satisfactory resolution to the patient's symptoms. Um, and you, you sound like a closeted urologist, man. <laughs> Maybe. It's never too late. It's never too late. The other example, it. which I always think of, Tony, so I don't know if you've ever had like a hero moment in medicine where you, you go and, um, you know, fix something quickly that no one else was able to deal with. 
for me, paraphimosis was like Ooh, my, yes. my special, my, it was like my special <laughs> skill, <laughs> magical <laughs> skills in paraphimosis. <laughs> um, yeah. every, everyone has great stories of paraphimosis, right? You know, yeah. they always say, oh, I was just cleaning it. You know, oh, I yeah, was, yeah. oh yeah, I was just trying to clean it. I wasn't doing anything really, bad. Really, uh, one thing I do su- find surprising is they sometimes read it for like four weeks and they come in and obviously they're embarrassed. And, oh, you know, in, in all seriousness, you know, this is like a, quite a vulnerable situation for some people, right? Mm. And when you then reduce it and, you know, usually, I, I don't know, it's because I look like I'm about 10 years old and they usually say, oh, you need to get someone more senior or, you know, you don't look like you know what you're doing. But then when you get that finally done, you know, you feel like the, you feel like the biggest stone in the entire yeah. department and you walk out with like a little strut. Yeah. But, but, but usually how do you deal with the in-between seeing the patient actually that finally getting to the outcome? Well, it's, it's just an awkward silence, right? You know, you're kind of holding it, you're suspending it. And then you look at them and they're clearly uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable and you just go, yeah. So do you have, did you have to drive, you know, drive far? Or do you have to travel far? And then unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. the area that I'm in, everyone's local. Right? And they're like, no, I just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it takes about good sometimes ten minutes to really reduce it, and I think that those ten minutes, you're so worried yeah. about people walking in on you. I, I've had people walk in on me. You know, like when you're in the ED, and you've got the like little curtains, and somebody just opened the curtain, and all they see is me holding this man's penis, right, <laughs> trying to reduce it. The guy clearly looking very, very uncomfortable, and you know. <laughs> I think yeah. it's so cringy, so cringeworthy. Yeah. Holding another man's penis for 10 minutes and talking about <laughs> random stuff like football, like football. You know, Manchester it, United. Yeah, right. it's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's not the best thing to, to be, it's not the best situation to be in. No, no. I mean, the oh. other thing, Michael, you've mentioned uh, is humor. I mean, we all know that urologists have the best stories and the best jokes. Um, it just comes with your job. Um, you know, I was a very innocent man. You know, when I, when yeah, I, is, is this why you joined urology? Because of that experience? No, dude, I, I had so many other enlightening moments, you know, like I, I can't believe that some people do this you know, for sexual pleasure, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I, I, my threshold has been going up and up and up the more, you know, I do urology and the more I spend time on urology. And, you know, something happens every, every year or every six months that tops it. So I don't know yeah. what my ceiling is anymore. Yeah, it's it's mostly about like people trying to achieve more sexual pleasure, and then yeah, they yeah, do yeah. something completely wrong, and then they end up in a hospital completely embarrassed. <laughs> I've got I've so got... many stories. I I don't know where to start. <laughs> a really innocent one to start off with. I thought it was quite sweet. I was cross covering neurology, and then um, I think it was like three two two three a.m. in the morning. Uh, and then I got a call from A and E, being like, "Oh, we need you to come see this and deal with it." And I was like, "Oh man, like, no, you're really gonna want to come and see this and deal with it." Wink, wink, come quick because it's funny. <laughs> and then um, I went out there to the A and E department. And essentially, what I what I walked in on was uh, an awkward teenage fumble gone wrong. So there were like a pair of horny teenagers. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> she was giving her boyfriend. Um, his first, she was filleting him for the first time. She got her braces stuck oh. on his foreskin. Oh, and no. it just wouldn't come off. Oh. I just felt so bad. Can I even look at this? Am I allowed to look at this? They're like 14. Am I allowed to, what do I even do? How many chaperones do I need in the room for this? 
did they arrive together? together. Oh, they were still attached. They were still, still attached. Oh, oh, the no. sheet oh. was over her. So essentially, oh, he, he was no, on the gurney, so and there was like a bump, and then that oh, no. her head. And at the bottom of the gurney was was four legs, where there was only one head. And the urology <laughs> reg, who was who's pretty old fashioned, and was like, "I'm not getting out of bed for this." I was like, "What, <laughs> what do I do?" He's like, "I don't know." Just get some instiller gel and just keep firing and pumping instiller gel into her mouth until it just like falls. Oh no! I'll put it on a stop. Like, what? What do you want me to do about this? So, I mean, actually, let's ask them. Expert, I mean, Mahmoud, what would you do? Be honest, I would have come to the hospital just to see what the hell is going on. <laughs> how do you pass these star-crossed lovers? Right? How do you? Do that? <laughs> Only fate would. You know? Yeah. <laughs> gel solves. All the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you need to do is just like put jelly on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's right. Yeah. Awesome. Sometimes these things had to be done wet rather than dry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions, but as I said, how did they get to the hospital? I mean, I can't so imagine they, they came on an ambulance journey as one unit. They were still attached, so they came in on the oh, ambulance. The, the, okay, I'm trying to imagine oh. what the phone call was like. To call the ambulance. <laughs> oh my God. They are lucky it happened many years ago when you were in SHO. Imagine now with the waiting time of the ambulances up to like 10, 12 hours. Yeah, for three days. This- for three days. <laughs> a circumcision by a thousand cuts. <laughs> this episode is going <laughs> I knew that yeah. you didn't have this, this problem a, with your other I better my own piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the camera. You're, you're not going to get that with plastics. <laughs> <laughs> well, as predicted, it's taken us right into the toilet. Go on, you got it up the bar. Nasir, we're counting on you. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got two stories. Which one do you want to want first? The first one is about the penis ring. Second one is about tasers. 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 Oh. <laughs> tasers. I, I, I want to go for tasers, man. Yeah. Okay. Tasers nice. <laughs> All right, let's go with the tasers. Right, so I was on call only to receive the phone call also from Annie. The patient has already been admitted to SAU by the SHO. And the reason why he got tasers stuck in his penis. So I go to SAU. No one knows like all the details about the story. When this guy, he's in a side room, <laughs> got two security guys with him and three other social workers. And the reason why he's here, but he was sectioned, so he was not allowed to leave. But at the same time, he was kicking off and he was causing a threat to himself and to other patients in the place. So they have called security. <laughs> and the only way security <laughs> could have restrained him is by tasing him. Oh, so dear. they used, you know, the taser gun that actually shoots the taser. <laughs> and one of those got stuck in his penis. Oh How did it get to his penis? I mean, like, if you look at the taser, um, like, sharp, it's like an arrow. It's basically like an arrow. So it would stick to you. It's very, very short, like a tip of a pin. So, and they would say, oh, it has got through his trousers. It's like, Really? You really want me to believe that oh, this has gone through his trousers? That's what I think. Yeah. He was wearing his trousers, no holes in the trousers. So <laughs> it, I was lucky. It was a daytime. So the consultant came and said, like, oh, well, we don't know whether it is in the 
cavernosa or sponsiosum. We don't know what has gone into the urethra. We don't know how deep it is. Let's get an x-ray. Right? So, like, what do I put on the request? Actually, <laughs> what is it? We speak, we speak with the radiologist and explain the situation. Like, we want, we want you to do an x-ray on the penis. Just like, well, but there are no bones in the penis. <laughs> and then the plan was to try and remove it. But, of course, we're trying to remove it on the local with the penile block. Patient wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't, uh, like, let you near um, his penis. He has only been tasered there. He wouldn't let you come near it with a needle. So we agreed with the anesthetist in, in, uh, in the emergency theater to put him under sedation. So, you know, in the, um, the whole checklist before theater, one of the questions is always, are the relevant investigations or imaging displayed? And then, <laughs> then I said, yes, I have seen it. And then everybody around me, like, you don't want it displayed? Well, we can display it here. <laughs> on the main screen, yeah. Yeah, I, I look at myself. I look at myself on display. <laughs> and everyone's interested. Yeah. And then, like, uh, I've just pulled it. I need, didn't even need a stitch. But the mystery remains. How did the taser get into his penis? It's like a- I think it's best, it's best to be left on our imagination, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Probably. But these are the kind of foreign bodies that you pull out of penises. And this is from the outside. We haven't started about the ones inside. <laughs> I think I think my I think my, my, my favorite sort of thing story is I I wasn't particularly interested in urology, even when I was doing it as an F2. But about halfway through, I mean at this point I went to Korea to see my parents and I and I flew back that morning to do a set of night shifts. And the consultant that was on was at that point the president of Baos and he was an andrologist. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes, sometimes I just look at them and go, "My God, you're 80 years old, and your penis is have to be humongous, man." <laughs> and, then, and then everyone looks at them and goes, "Ooh!" And then everyone's like, Ooh. That, that's an impressive specimen. <laughs> and, uh, like, dog. And, then, and then you just look down and look like, at yours, and just, like, oh, God. You know, this is, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, what one time we had to do a bladder tumor resection, so endoscopic bladder tumor resection, and. Uh, I put the scope all the way to the hilt and, and I cannot reach into the bladder because his penis was so long. So I had to cancel him. And then I had to explain to him when he woke up, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we got the longest scope available, but that would have been, you know, he gave me a fist bump. <laughs> but can you imagine if you're, if you're a man hearing, you know, uh, like, you know, you're probably going to the pub and you're telling your mates, you know, Oh, oh the docs had to cancel my procedure because, <laughs> and penis was the biggest one that he's seen. You know? <laughs> That's a new level of street street credentials. Right? <laughs> but let's 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 move on. Let's move on. Let's yeah. let's talk about maybe sort of the the not so good things. What what what's the worst thing about being a urologist? It's got come on. It's got to be. You got some phimosis. <laughs> okay. An eight old boy, you retract the foreskin and you just get like those lumps of cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. You know cottage and, cheese oh, yeah. uh, and really nasty balanitis. It's got to be that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I, I, th- I think, Mama, you've, you've got more senior experience. So, no, well, well you've, you know. got, you've got the, like, the, the bad things and then the very bad things. 
Okay, like that the, at the personal level, some people's hygiene are not up to standards. Uh, <laughs> really below standards. Maybe <laughs> it's about patient education. You should give them like a patient information leaflet, tell them to give it a give it a good white. Come in. I mean, okay, Come on, yeah, you yeah. get taught that like when you are five or six. I think, in all seriousness, I think okay, they're non-resident on call, but I think the days of non-resident on call being you know sleeping throughout the whole night are gone. I think, especially for urology, I mean, the number of calls that you get about you know very simple things, you know. Repeatedly, so you don't really get sleep throughout the night. Mm. Um, I guess that's a downside. And um, on a more sort of you know serious note, I guess is uh, it's not really emphasized in medical school. I think, Mama, you told me that you did a week of urology in medical school. And I think this is a major problem now, and that we are facing is that because it's not taught well in medical school, uh, that makes our life much more difficult now. So the, we, everybody knows that across the board, there is an increased pressure on the healthcare system. There is more demand. Uh, people are getting older. The population is growing. And the NHS is not growing further with it and is not coping. We, we all understand that. And then you add on top of that, that our specialty is not taught well and is not widely experienced by medical students and junior doctors working across different specialties. And that continue it remains with them even after they specialize i always get a bit jealous when i look at the general surgical team you know they always you know, do their ward rounds and you know consultant number one consultant number two and there's like four registrars and you know like, okay maybe on a good day they'll have multiple juniors you know like f1 mm-hmm. and shows but for urology i mean i don't know about you but sometimes it's completely bare you know, the whole team is just a skeleton team and you know, I've heard of stories of my friends who are urology reg- registrars around different parts of the country having to do solo ward rounds on forty plus inpatients because they don't have any F ones. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's the that's probably the worst thing I would say. Yeah. Because like, oh yeah, your urology, you can do it by yourself. Well, you don't have many patients, you don't have many calls, which is completely the opposite. And this is what has really. Uh, become the worst thing about urology now. I mean, what What's the one thing then that you wish you knew before you started your urology training? Well, I you know I just wish that the misconceptions were uh, were false. You know, the misconceptions of urologists being the biggest <laughs> pervert around. Okay, although I think you know we do like making you know, big jokes and things. I think <laughs> at the end of the day. I think everyone's been quite quite professional, um, and you know my, my dad's a gynecologist. So the dinner time conversations with my my parents, you know, hasn't always been the most uh, shall I say PG. I like to think that my dad's a good surgeon. You know, he didn't really nick any ureters or bladders, but you know he would always have to ask urologists to bail him out. And he still to this day thinks that I went into urology for you know just to spite him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I guess the misconception I had about urology was that you know um, they're bit perverted you know they're a bit arrogant you know, they think oh gynecologists are rubbish you know mm. but that's not really the case and the other things like whenever you are in a situation with a a stranger a man who is a stranger and they know that you are a urologist you expect that question is coming a question is <laughs> oh coming. man oh what? no yeah it is coming if you are in an uber and they know that you are a urologist 
Now you will know that the entire journey they will be only talking about one thing. Because I'd like to think the I'd, I'd like to think of your role just as the bartenders, you know, of a dingy <laughs> bar. You know, you, you're, you're there minding your own business, and some dude comes up to you on okay, the bar counter, sits down, all depressed. It's like, yeah, can't have an erection. You know, and you're just standing there. Like, what do you expect me to do? About- I mean, you, you can't do something about it, and that's that's not what I'm saying. But yeah. you know, but you, you're just thinking there while well, you're giving way too much information on this very short five minute Uber journey. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes I have to leave you a rating, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, wait till you hear what the Uber drivers say about colorectal. Right then, we'll get on to the fun stuff now. So, the fun we stuff. Asked, we asked, yeah, we asked, yeah, we asked. We're having questions. so much fun already. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> These questions we asked to everyone, and we've got some like pretty decent answers from other specialties. So, we hope you won't disappoint. If you could cheat on your specialty with any other surgical specialty, which one would it be? I think if I could cheat on a specialty, I think Max Max, the, the tools they use, uh, you know. The, the various different types of conditions they treat you know i think i, I guess it's a bit like you rolled you know you get all the fancy toys in the tool toolbox but um once in a while when we have theater meetings and stuff like especially in the emergency theaters and they talk about you know, zygomatic complex fracture and you know mandibular fracture you know, there's a piece of me that thinks you know that could have been me but here i am just you know dealing with penises <laughs> <laughs> what about you Mahmoud? which which specialty would you cheat on well, um, I would have two affairs, one in the morning, one in the evening. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So in the morning, actually, I would choose gynecology, but not obstetrics, just gynecology. And for, for one simple reason, okay, whenever you are stuck, you can remove every single organ of your specialty and discharge, and discharge the patient. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop complaining. We'll do a total hysterectomy, bilateral orthorectomy, <laughs> discharge. That's it. Your chronic pelvic pain is not gynecological anymore. You pain holes and everything else. Refer to urology. That's it. In the evening, I'd actually cheat with plastics because these sleep through the night or night. <laughs> no, what? Night. <laughs> Nah, plastics. Plastics. Un- this. Unless you work in a burn, unless you work in a burn center, you guarantee that you sleep through the night. Oh, I don't know, man. I always see plastics everywhere. There's always some dickhead uh, punching a dog in the mouth or whatever. Is like, there's always like someone getting bitten. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or glass. Well, that's hand. max facts. Right? Yeah, people oh, do right, yeah. stupid things. No, but in the hand, in the hand, in the hand. <laughs> that's not max Always someone putting a window through or punching mm. someone they shouldn't have punched or mm-hmm. trying to show off to someone and destroying some other bit of their body. And then, no, you, dude, you, but this this happens in urology. What makes you think we're any different? 
This is you know, true. People trying to show off their little magic trick. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay. So in that case, moving on, which which other surgical specialty do you most admire or respect? Um for any reason like technical skill, prestige, whatever? I would definitely go for neurosurgery. Mm. Hands down. Hands down. Like even like from medical school, I was fascinated by it. They get like referrals from everywhere. Anyone with a CT has to has to come through neurosurgery or any little bleed. So they need to answer the the question. And when they need to operate, oh my god, like the technical skills that they have dealing with such a thing is mind blowing. Yeah, well, I think I, I don't know if it's because I was on CPOD today and I was just doing laparotomies after laparotomies. I think when I say I'm doing, I'm retracting for the most bit. But uh, you know the the technical skills I I, I do I do admire uh, probably general surgeons I think you I respect you bro. I, I respect you because you know anything comes in they're they're able to deal with you know the major vast majority of the things you know like we had a patient with like a diaphragmatic defect and he just fixed it you know I would be absolutely breaking it and they've got such good stamina you know like. You know these long laparotomies. They're so keen at two in the morning. Now, I guess it kind of fades away as you, as you grow older. But the type of surgeries they they do in the in the hospital and currently, you know, intestinal failure patients. You know the surgeries they do to fix the intracutaneous fistulas and things. You know it's absolutely mind boggling. They're they're such technically gifted surgeons. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I you know I think. Purely based on respect, I think I do respect the general surgeons as much as other urologists would probably hate to say. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> no bias. No bias. Um, okay, then, and finally, which is my favorite question that we ask people: Which specialty would you take it on in a fight, based on stereotypes, and how would you do it? You know, uh, you know, urologists. I think overall, okay, are you know quite docile people i would say not very angry um however we can twist people's testicles right we can give uh, them uh, yeah. however with that being said we, we've got a lot of arsenal uh you know so we've got lasers you know we've got the da vinci robot you know we've got catheters and, you know and then i think we can intimidate them psychologically you can just bring out the u the urethral <laughs> dilators and then i'll say something of a medieval torture piece by piece yeah. Just say, you know, completely drop. And I think just intimidations, you know, tactics like psychologically, I think we would single handedly win. Yeah. Take everyone on. And don't forget, Michael, we've got good aim. We've got good aim, man. You bring any specialty to us, we'll kick them in the balls and drop them to the floor. (laughs) And then take them to theater and then repair it. Repair it, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I think ENT will be pretty easy. Just like uh, they don't deal Os- with mass. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they lose their muscle mass over the years, just like dealing with tiny space, fine hands. Mm. So, yeah, any other specialty will need a little bit of more muscle power. But in ENT, yeah. I think like they're just tiny. 